Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Excel Church. My name is Pastor Alicia, and I am also excited and glad to have you on this morning. Are you guys excited? We are about to celebrate Christmas. Everybody ready? Are y'all ready? Now, see, when you say that, or when you hear someone say that, you think they mean, are you ready? Like, do you have all your Christmas shopping done, right? I really mean, are you ready? Is your heart ready? Are you ready to celebrate what Christmas is really about? And I would bet the answer to that is probably no, right? Because you've been so busy worrying about all that other stuff that that might be escaping you just a little bit. So let's get ready. Let's center our hearts around our Lord and our Savior. Let's spend 30 minutes or so together and let's remind ourselves about what we're really preparing for this week. You ready to do that with me? All right, let's get started. All right, today we're going to be coming out of the book of Matthew chapter 1, as well as Isaiah chapter 7. And this is the final week of our Advent series. And it has been an amazing journey. And the name of the series is called The Promise. We have been exploring the themes of Advent each week. Um, and so right now, as you remember, we were uh, last week, we were talking about the deep joy and the promise um, that the Savior of the world is coming. And then before that, we were talking about the peace that was given to us as it was given to the lowly shepherds. And of course, the first week of Advent was a, an opportunity for us to really see how Jesus meets our deepest, longest longings. Um, for our present and our future. And so this week, we get a chance to really dive into um, the love that was born into the world uh, when Jesus Christ was born. And so this, this feel familiar depiction that you probably have in your mind of the nativity scene, how many of you have one of those in your, your yard or in your, your living room or somewhere on your fireplace mantle. Um, this is that depiction of love coming into the world. And you, you, you probably are familiar with it, but what exactly does it mean? What is nativity? What does it mean? The word nativity comes from the Latin word meaning birth. Somebody say birth. The nativity scene that we set out each year is a depiction of that birth, the birth of the God of the universe into our world, hence all of our Joy to the World songs. We see this scene and we see this baby surrounded by his mother and his father, barnyard animals, shepherds, angels, and all eyes of the nativity are fixed on the baby Jesus. It's all about his birth. Somebody say it with me. Birth. Now, within our culture today, there's a new phenomenon around births. It's really gotten to be very popular, and in some cases, it's gotten to be out of hand. It's called a gender reveal. Anybody familiar with that? Anybody had one of those? Anyone been to one of those? Then you know that the gender reveals are pretty exciting. It's a time where 
the mother and the father um, come together with all of their close family and friends. And um, in some dramatic fashion, they discover together as a group whether the baby that they are expecting is going to be a girl or whether it's going to be a boy. And there's all types of festivities surrounded around it. Somebody may be teen girl, somebody may be teen boy. And there's been all types of extravagant ways of making this reveal known. There's something exciting about preparing for a new birth. There's something exciting about preparing for something new coming into your life. I know for some of us, our babies are our pets. Amen. Do I have any pet mamas? Any any pet daddies here this morning? And that excitement will turn into clearing out the pet store, right? If you know you're getting a new puppy, you know you're getting a new, you know, any type of something that's coming into your life and coming into your heart, the effort to prepare for that is usually something that is very exciting and that we look forward to and that we put something um, deep inside of in preparation. Either way, I think that we know there's a certain amount of anticipation. There's a certain amount of preparation when something new comes into our lives. So here's what I want us to cover for today. My first point, we prepare for the birth of something new. Somebody go ahead and put that in the comments. We prepare for the birth of something new. You see, the reason the nativity, the birth of Jesus, is so significant is because the birth is, is, is God's desire for each of us to have Christ born within each of us every day. Let me say that again. God's desire is for each of us, is for Christ to be born within us even today. For this love of God to be revealed to the world through us by the way that we live. So as we finish this four-week series, what would happen if each of us, full of expectation that God could birth something new in us, began to prepare ourselves for all that God desires to do? What would happen? There is a specific promise given in the Old Testament that is fulfilled in this nativity scene, and I think you're familiar with it. It's found in the book of Isaiah. Turn here with me with your Bibles. I want to look at chapter seven, as I mentioned earlier. So you may be there already. And I'm going to read verse 14. It reads, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son and name him Emmanuel. There will be a sign given to God's people that they had not been forgotten, even in their sinful and broken states. But instead, when they see a virgin give birth to a child, they would see the tangible love of God coming into the world to save us 
all. The instruction given in Isaiah is to be prepared. Be ready for this revelation. Live your life with the expectation that God would come to us. Make space in your lives. Make room for the birth of a work of God within you right now. Somebody say right now, even before the arrival comes. In the New Testament Gospels, we have two different accounts of nativity birth. Uh, Matthew and Luke each give an explanation of the way in which God came to us in the middle of our mess to be with us because of his love. In the book of Luke, uh, there is captured within the birth narrative a bit of a backstory of the nativity. It begins with an angel named Gabriel speaking to a young teenage girl named Mary. So let's look at that now. Uh, I also asked you to turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 26 through 33. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. The message brought by the angel is that Mary would conceive a child within her womb whose name would be Jesus. Now, there's a big key to the story here. Mary is a virgin. Mary is engaged. She is not yet been married to Joseph. So this announcement must have been a difficult thing to process. What what do you mean I'm going to become pregnant? What do you mean this child Jesus will be the son of the most high, a king who will rule over all kings? You see, when God is ready to do something new, It almost always is a disruption. Woo, Holy Spirit. In a world that is broken and marked by sin, the arrival of love is disruptive. So my second point is when God shows up, our lives are disrupted. Somebody type that. When God shows up, our lives are disruptive. Mary's life is taking a turn here. 
a turn that she never would have expected. As far as she knew, she was about to marry this nice Jewish boy, Joseph, when suddenly she had been chosen to give birth to the Savior of the world. This was an obvious disruption. I think about my disruption. I think about how I was this young attorney on the climb of her career. And when God showed up in my life, there was a great disruption, a different path completely than the path that I had prepared and planned for. Just imagine if you have planned and prepared for something and God shows up and wants to do something different. I got a question for you this morning. Will you allow God to disrupt you? Will you allow God to change some things around in your life? Will you allow him to be a present, to make some adjustments so that he can bless you with something new? Give birth through you to bring blessings to this world. Will you be willing to let God do that in your life? Just imagine how it must have been for Joseph. We talk about Mary a lot. Imagine how it must have been for Joseph. Your fiance suddenly becomes pregnant <laughs> and it's not your baby. How do you explain all of this to your friends and to your family? You know that Mary says an angel told her that this baby is not from another man. But how do you know for sure? For Joseph, this was a disruption. For the political power of that day, King Herod was in control of all of Israel. For this baby to come into the world and be the son of God, the king of kings, this meant that all the old kings would have to go. This was a major disruption. This disruption because of the promise that God loves his people so much that he would come to dwell with them through this humble young girl. See, I need you to catch that this morning because some of you have some things going on in your life and you see no end to what is potentially a really challenging problem. But I need us to remember this morning that God will come and dwell with us. And when he comes, he shakes some things up. He begins to turn some things around. He begins to position you and do the things he wants to do in your life. You have to begin to invite God to come in and to do something new in your heart this morning. You can avoid it or you can embrace it. Tell me this morning, which one are you going to do in the comments? Are you going to avoid the disruption or are you going to embrace it? I believe there's two choices that you have when it comes to this type of change in your life. I believe that when God is trying to birth something new within us, it always feels like something confusing, something hard, something exciting something inexplicable, something uncontrollable. 
I think even right now, I'm, I'm thinking about when I originally received my call to ministry and I knew that I was going to be making that transition out of the career path that I had prepared for. And I think about how for me to be certain that I didn't turn back, to, to remain on the path, how I conscientiously made the decision not to renew my law license, not to you know, continue on keeping the current um, trainings and classes and education so that if things didn't go the way I planned, I could fall back on what I had trained to do. It was intentional to me because I didn't want an ability to fall back. I wanted to force myself to follow God and force myself to trust God. And so I closed up everything that would give me any temptation to turn back and to go a different way. And when I look back now, you know, that journey was so difficult. Those who have followed and and been a part of our ministry, ministry for a long time, you understand and you know personally the struggles, the setbacks, the difficulties um, that went from that dip from being there and and practicing law and being an attorney to starting a ministry and and, and doing everything by faith with very little resources to God bringing back to a place of stability and prosperity and blessings. The journey was incredible, but I had to first accept that God wanted to do something new. I think so many times that God wants to do something new in our lives, but we are so concerned about what that disruption will mean and what we will lose, not realizing that the God is, is able to replace and give you double for your trouble. Yes, you may go through some difficulties. Yes, you may lose some things, but when you lose something to receive something that God has for you, it is nothing that compares to that. It's nothing that compares to having something from God that he has uh, He has specifically chosen for you rather than plowing your way ahead to try to make your own way. I think about the gift God has given us for Christmas as a church that many of you, if you're following us on social media, already know about. And I think about how we had the opportunity to plow ahead and to get a different church. And there would have been nothing wrong with that church. It serves another ministry very, very well. But that was not the gift that God had for us. And we had to be patient and we had to trust him and we had to wait. And yes, it looked to many like, oh, well, maybe they just threw in the towel or maybe they just given up. Or, But you have to, like Joseph had to, you have to learn how to tune out the ear to from hearing the naysayers and tune in the ear to hearing from God because naysayers will convince you to do something that God is not telling you to do, but you don't want to hear their criticisms. You don't want to hear their gossiping. And so the temptation is to just do something to silence them that may also be doing something to cancel your blessings. And so I'm just trying to encourage you this morning that if God wants to do something new, even if it comes with a ridicule, even if it comes with criticism, that you wait on God, you wait on his promises. I can't tell you the criticism we got when we were in poverty from people who knew us before saying, oh, this can't be the will of God. God couldn't want for you guys to have to go through this. And God couldn't. He absolutely did. He absolutely. It was part of our development. It was part of our character development. It was part of our preparation. It was part of our process. He absolutely wanted us to go through that. 
And I'm so glad that I did. And so ask yourself this morning, how much disruption are you willing to accept in order to go to the next level and to receive the new thing that God has in your life? Are you really, really, really ready to do a shakeup, to make some changes, to allow God to move some things and so he can replace them with something new? That's my question for you. Are you going to embrace it this morning? Are you going to embrace it? Go ahead and put that in the comments for me if you're going to avoid it or embrace it. I want you to see that in this case, look at how Mary and Joseph respond. Look with me at Luke chapter 1, verse 34 through 37. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? 35, the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. Listen here. Say that with me. Nothing, nothing, nothing will be impossible with God. You're saying to yourself this morning, you're not really, you know, concerned about God having you give birth to a virgin. I mean, we, we, that's been done. That's been checked off the list. But there's some other things that you feel like are impossible. I'm going to get out of this mess. You know, how am I going to be able to buy that home and my credit score isn't what I, I need it to be? How am I going to be able to get this job and my resume doesn't have all of the things that I, I feel that it should have on it? How am I going to be able to move forward in my marriage? And we've got all these baggages and all this trouble and issue. Listen to me. Nothing is impossible with God. We've got to stop looking at our circumstances and determining that that is what it's going to be forever. We have got to look to the word of God, look to his promises, be reminded, and then encourage ourselves that God is able. Whatever it is he wants to do, whatever it is he has promised you he would do, he is going to bring it to pass in your life. And you might not know how it's going to happen. You may have no idea how it could be possible. You may be thinking, I just can't think of any way this is salvageable. But guess who can? Come on, somebody. Guess who can? Somebody say he's able. He is able. And so they received it. They said, God, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you create a baby when there's been no sexual relations, but you're God. I know that if there's a way to do it, that's not my business. That's not my department. Have your way in my life. I don't know how you're going to bless us to have this new house that we're believing you for. I don't know how you're going to repair my marriage. I don't know how you're going to bring salvation to my children, but you are God. Hallelujah. And I know that if anybody can do it, you can. Come on, somebody give me praise. Give God praise this morning and say, God, I believe you. Come on, somebody give God praise this morning and say, I believe you. I believe you, God. I'm holding on to your promises and I know that you can do anything but fail. All right, last point, last point. I'm running out of time. Point three, point three. Now, Mary asks a fair question, right? How will this be? It's not humanly possible. It's not humanly possible. 
It's a work of God. Somebody sent us a message the other day, my sister, my soror, bless my soul. She said, this is a work of the Lord. Hallelujah. She saw that we had the D. See, woo, another one of the members was said, yes, indeed. And then she put D in capital letters. We have the D. This is ours. God has blessed us. God has positioned us. He has entrusted us. This is ours. This is, a, this is something we have to steward and take care of and provide for. Hallelujah. It is ours. And it's a work of God. When you begin to see that there are blessings in your life, and it is a work of God, God has placed this person in your life. You treat it differently. You treat it differently. I, I, I think you have to begin to see that in your life. The people, the, the, the people who, who God has placed around you, you don't take those people for granted. It could be your, your, your supervisor. It could be somebody that works for you. Your children. Your pastor. You don't take the people that God has put in your life that pour into you, that support you, that believe in you, that help you for granted. This is a work of God. Mary had new birth excuses. Point three, we all have new birth excuses. We all have reasons why God cannot do a new work with us. Yeah, even me, even me, even me. I, I, I've done it. I do it all the time. And God proves me wrong all the time. We all have a new work excuse within us. God, I know you're not going to be able to use me for this because you know what? I don't, I don't have the education. I don't, I don't have the degree. I didn't go to college. Oh, no, no. Moses. Remember Moses? Oh, God. No, no, no. I, I stutter. You're not going to be able to use me for this. What's your excuse? Oh, Lord, no, no, I'm too old. You're not going to be able to use me for this. What's your excuse? Oh, God, you know what? You know what color I am, right? You know, we still got some people in this world that don't like people my color. I'm not going to be able to do that. What's your excuse? Well, Lord, you know, I'm, you, know, you know I'm not a male. You know I'm a female. You know we still got some issues in our country about gender equality. I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> what is your excuse for why God can't be God in your life? Hallelujah. Go ahead. Go ahead, call it out. I want to speak to those excuses for a moment. I've heard them over and over and over from people. But here's the thing. Hmm. Whether you're saying it's too far gone for my relationship with my daughter to be restored. Whether you're saying it's too far gone for my relationship with my spouse to be healed. Whether you're saying, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, you know, stay clean and sober. It feels like I'm, I'm sober for a few months and then something happens and I fall off the wagon. I, I give up. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do this. Or maybe you are on a weight loss journey and you've lost 10 pounds and then you slip up and next thing you know, the 10 pounds come back with friends. I want you to look at these excuses these morning, these things that you feel like you cannot do because in your strength, you couldn't do them. It might not have been humanly 
possible. But somebody say, it is a work of God. Yes, come on. It is a work of God. The angel says the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Essentially, he's saying, yes, Mary, what is impossible with man, hallelujah, is possible with God. Oh, glory. Hear what I'm saying. What is impossible with man, huh? bless your name, Jesus, is possible with God. I need you to receive that in your spirit this morning. Yes, it was impossible for me to get clean in my own strength, but it is possible with God. Yes, it was impossible for your marriage to make it in your own strength, but it is possible with God. Yes, it was impossible for us to pull ourselves out of poverty and to be in a place of prosperity, but it is possible with God. Somebody say, with God, all things are possible. With God, all of your excuses have no power. So whatever it is the devil is saying to you this morning, your excuses don't have power over you. You will overcome. You will make it. You will, by the power of God, become everything that God desires for you to become. Because there is a promise on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. There's a promise that's on the inside of you. And God is faithful over his promises. He loves you. He loves you. And I don't care how much you messed up. And I don't care how many times you backslid. And I don't care how many times you fell down. He's still here. He still loves you. And he is here to restore you. That is the gift that he has for you this Christmas season. God is able. And this is the season where I pray that instead of worrying about what gift you got wrapped up under that Christmas tree, that you get into the presence of God and ask him what gifts he has for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore your relationship with him. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. That nativity, this birth, it changed the world 2,000 years ago. The birth is still changing the world today because the same spirit, the same spirit that came upon Mary is the same spirit that will come upon you. God wants to birth something new in you today. Excel Church. <laughs> Ooh, he wants to birth something new in you today. And it's not about your ability. It's not about your effort. It's not about your qualifications. It's not about your gender. It's not about your track record. It's not about your credit score. It's not about anything else. 
It's simply about seeing that whatever disruption God has allowed or brought into your life is an act of love. Hmm. It's an act of love. Stop fighting it. You can fight it. You can avoid it. Or you can embrace it as an act of love. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left. Can we close with that? When we submit to God, his promises can be filled, fulfilled in us and through us. Point four. Would you put that down for me? It's point four. When we submit to God, his promises can be fulfilled in us and through us. What if we could submit to God and let him do a mighty work through us? I really feel like in closing Excel Church that that's exactly what he has planned. This this building that he entrusted us with. I, I, I'm just, I'm humbled. I'm humbled at what he's getting ready to do through us. There is a community. There are people who are waiting. They don't know they're waiting. It's not like they're waiting, sitting at the door. But the love that God intends to bring. Hmm. He's going to use us mightily. He's going to use us mightily. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan for us collectively. He has a plan for us individually. And if we would submit to that, embrace that, embrace the new birth, <laughs> the new birth that he's doing in our lives, this will be the greatest Christmas ever. So may we be people like Mary who are eager to say, may your word be fulfilled, Christ. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't know how you're going to do it, but Lord, do it for me. Can I get somebody to close with that with me? I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know how you're going to do this. But Lord, use me. Let me be a part of it. Let me be a part of this work with you. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for expressing your love to the world through the arrival of Jesus. May we be conduits of this love. May we be vessels of this love to the world and the community around us. This Christmas, make us an extension of your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.